from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. Today in our broadcast we have music from the Melashenko family singers and the heritage singers. We have a message on health. Thought for the day is coming from God's word on the topic. Jesus went a little further. I am Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio The Voice of Hope. Where could I go? is a song by the Melashenko family singers. song on Adventist World Radio the voice of hope today we have dr chitra with us she will give us the health talk about osteoporosis battling with brittle bones has ordinary everyday calcium turned out to be the gallant gladiator that can deliver fair maidens from brittle bones fractured hips and deformed spines That is what the calcium manufacturers and the dairy industry would like you to believe. In reality, osteoporosis is far more complicated than that. What exactly is osteoporosis? Osteoporosis or porous bone silently and painlessly weakens the bones of around 25 million Americans. Previously sturdy bones gradually become thinner and more fragile their interiors soft and spongy the first sign of the disease is often a fracture 
osteoporosis inflicts 1.3 million fractures a year hip fractures are the most disabling and life threatening spinal fractures often occur spontaneously and most are painless repeated spinal fractures can rob a person of 2 to 8 inches of height often producing an outward curvature called the dowager's hump now how can i tell if i've got it you can't until you fracture a bone or start shrinking in height which is very late in the disease earlier diagnosis requires special techniques and skills and is best done at reliable medical centers if you are middle aged or older and have two or more risk factors you should be tested risk factors include sedentary lifestyle early menopause chronic use of corticosteroids low estrogen smoking caffeine alcohol and a high protein diet Lean Caucasians and Asians are more susceptible than other races because they have smaller bones. How does osteoporosis develop? Bones continue to increase in strength and thickness until around age 35. Then the process gradually reverses itself and small amounts of bone are lost each year. This loss accelerates in women after menopause and continues for 7 to 15 years. When risk factors for osteoporosis are present, bone loss occurs even faster and brittle bones may begin to show up although usually considered a disease of older women osteoporosis usually begins to appear around age 55 and 20% of victims are men what can be done to treat this disease several treatment modalities are being used number 1 estrogen therapy slows down bone loss but increases the risk for uterine and breast cancer thrombophlebitis and gallbladder disease it aggravates diabetes and hypertension women also face the prospect of continuing menstrual periods and periodic uterine biopsies in serious cases however the benefits may outweigh the risks number 2 vitamin d vitamin d enables the body to absorb calcium but most people get more than they need and additional supplements have not proved beneficial number 3 fluoride fluoride has been used experimentally but long term results are disappointing number 4 calcium calcium has not been shown to prevent the critical tubercular bone loss that often accompanies menopause people on high calcium diets are rarely found to have stronger bones than people on low calcium diets There are warnings that excessive intake of calcium supplements may cause kidney stones and even promote osteoporosis by interfering with the absorption of manganese which is also vital to bone structure. The World Health Organization recommends 500 mg of calcium a day while various health organizations all around the world recommend 800 to 1500 mg. These dosages may be prudent for some. However, most published studies show little or no correlation between calcium intake and bone density. Number 5. Exercise. Exercise builds strong bones and muscles. Even with plenty of calcium, the bones will not thicken and strengthen without regular weight-bearing exercise such as walking. Bones need to be pressed, pushed, pulled and twisted against gravity to hold on to their minerals. 
This gravity factor was well demonstrated by the early astronauts. Even though they exercised faithfully while in space, their bones showed startling osteoporotic changes on return. While nearly all types of aerobic exercise are beneficial to the body, what the bones need most is a daily shake-up for at least 30 minutes. Number 6. A low-protein diet A low-protein diet is the most promising therapy on the horizon. The metabolism of excess protein carries calcium right out of the kidneys. Studies show that calcium is always lost from bones when protein intake is too high, regardless of how many calcium-rich foods are eaten or how many calcium supplements are popped. As protein is broken down and excreted through the kidneys, calcium is drawn from the bones to neutralize the toxic effects of the sulfates and phosphates contained especially in animal protein. Eskimos in the far north consume diets extremely high in both protein, 250 to 400 mg per day and calcium, 1500 to 2500 mg per day. They also have the highest rate of osteoporosis of any world population, although they lead very active lives. They actually lose 50 to 100 percent or more of bone than other Americans for each decade after age 50. The Bantu tribes in Africa, on the other hand, consume an average of 47 grams of protein and less than 400 milligrams of calcium a day, predominantly from plant foods. Bantus are essentially free of osteoporosis even though their women bear 10 or more children making special demands on calcium reserves in contrast relatives of the bantus who have migrated to the united states and adopted the american dietary lifestyle eventually experience a rate of osteoporosis comparable to the rest of the american population how about prevention a few common sense health practices started early in life and practiced consistently could make a great deal of difference exercise regularly and actively preferably daily avoid calcium robbers such as cigarettes caffeine alcohol and phosphate containing foods such as soda pop and red and white meats consistently eat no more than 50 to 60 grams of protein a day include a wide variety of healthful fiber rich plant foods most populations around the world average 200 to 400 mg of calcium a day without any evidence of osteoporosis the fact that osteoporosis has become epidemic in the united states where the consumption of calorie rich dairy products and calcium supplements is the highest in the world is strangely paradoxical Most Americans eat 2 to 3 times more protein than they need. Reducing protein intake to the recommended daily allowance of 50 to 60 grams per day along with daily active exercise and a healthful diet holds promise of turning the tide in the battle against brittle bones. Thank you Dr. Chitra for being on our program. Like to be healthier, more energetic? Keep listening to Adventist World Radio. which will help us take care of your health and well-being. To know more about our program, you could write to us on Adventist World Radio Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. Here's a song by the Heritage Singers, Turn Your Life Over to Jesus. 
Let's join Frederick Paul as he shares a thought on God's word. Matthew 26:39. And he went a little farther. Jesus' life was filled with interesting and meaningful incidents. John's gospel says there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written every one. I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. John 21:25 In a series of messages on the life of Jesus therefore it is necessary to be selective in the material The last week of Jesus's life was spent in and around the city of Jerusalem He made this headquarters in Bethany at the home of Mary Martha and Lazarus He made arrangements to eat the Passover in the upper room of a home After the meal was finished he went with his disciples to the garden of Gethsemane for prayer This was a time of deep emotion for our savior He warned the disciples that they would be embarrassed that night because of him Simon Peter insisted that he would never be offended because of Jesus but Jesus cautioned him that he would deny his master 3 times before the cock crew Some of the greatest spiritual truth in the Bible is found in the Gethsemane experiences of our Lord. Number 1. Jesus had an inner circle. All great leaders have a few men who are close to them. In a sense the 12 were Jesus's select group. But in an even greater sense it was Peter, James and John who understood their master best. These three went with him into the house when he raised Jairus's daughter from the dead. These same three accompanied Jesus on the mount of transfiguration where they viewed Moses and Elijah and Jesus in their glorified bodies. Often in a church it is necessary for the pastor to have key members who help him in a more significant way. This does not mean the pastor is playing favorites. although he may sometimes be accused of it but it means rather that there are always certain people who are more receptive to suggestions and seem to possess keener insight into god's work peter james and john were being trained for greater service two of them became outstanding evangelists after the ascension of jesus jesus identified with the sins of the world the bible says that jesus spoke of his soul as being exceeding sorrowful even unto death and asked these three to stay at a certain spot and watch with him he had already left eight of them at a spot near the entrance to the garden it is difficult for us to realize the burden that was on the heart of jesus he knew the significance of the night He knew that he would be arrested shortly and that the next day he would be crucified. Nevertheless, he was more concerned about his followers than he was about himself. He had already said to them earlier, "Let not your heart be troubled." In John 14:1. There is a great lesson for us here. When we think constantly of our own distresses, they become greater. The best way to forget our own problems is to help others in the sharing of their burdens. Our burdens disappear when we help others. Paul tells us 
in Galatians 6.2, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thirdly, the secret of it all, Go a little farther. Of course, these words in Matthew's Gospel refer to a geographical distance. Jesus left a group of eight in one place, a group of three in another place, and went deeper into the garden. We are doing no violence to the scripture when we lift this phrase out and give it an even deeper meaning. Every part of Jesus' ministry was going farther than anyone else. Jesus went farther in his interpretation of the law. Many scholars have pointed out that very little in Jesus' teaching was entirely new. All of his sayings have parallels or near parallels in the Old Testament. It was not the newness of the material, but the freshness of interpretation that made Jesus stand out as a teacher with authority. He did not merely recite the interpretations of the rabbis. He gave his own meaningful exposition of the law. He breathed a spirit into it that far surpassed anyone who had gone before him. We are not to obey in the letter or the law according to Jesus, but in the sweetness and reasonableness of spirit. Murder is more than an act. It is an attitude. The same is true of adultery and of all the other commandments concerning human relationships. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And from the heart come the issues of life. Jesus went a little farther in his refusal to retaliate. Throughout all of his ministry, Jesus recognized that God's kingdom could be extended in the hearts of people only by unselfish love. He refused to take issue with the Roman government who ruled the Jews at this time. He would not fulfill the popular Jewish notion of a politically oriented Messiah by leading a revolt against the Roman establishment. He insisted that we are to love our enemies, bless those that curse us and pray for the ones who despitefully use us. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he demonstrated this spirit. Judas, who had already left the twelve, came with a great multitude to take Jesus away for trial and later for crucifixion. Peter drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest, but Jesus rebuked him with a warning. In Matthew 26.52, They that take the sword shall perish with the sword. And going even farther, he healed the servant. Jesus went a little farther in his concern for a lost world. This was the fundamental point of Jesus' ministry. He came to be our Savior by going to the cross. From the beginning of his ministry, he saw the act on Calvary by which he would redeem mankind. Every part of his earthly activity pointed to this solemn and serious hour. Jesus has left us an example of concern for the lost that should inspire full commitment to this cause. The dedication of our Lord calls for our own dedication and discipline to live in such a way that we may lead others to the Savior. The winning of lost people is not an elective in the Christian's curriculum. It is a required course. 
the Lord's one purpose in his ministry was to find people and win them to himself. No sacrifice was too great for him and nothing should stand in our way of making soul winning their first priority in daily living. We should take advantage of every contact and indeed should seek to make contacts that will give us opportunity to give testimony to the lost. Only as Christians are willing to follow the master's example of going a little farther in this area will our rapidly deteriorating world find redemption and salvation from the ills that threaten our extinction. How far do you go? Those who go farther in every category of life make the great contributions to humanity. Those laboring in the scientific laboratory go far beyond the point of duty. The business executive who arrives at his office early to chart the work for the day long before the paid staff comes in is the one who builds a great organization. The teacher who spends extra time with the child who needs help in order to bring him up to a normal level or with an exceptionally talented child in order to make him a leader is the one who is truly great in his or her field. The joys of life are present for those who give themselves beyond measure. The one who lives merely by the what do I have to do rule never finds real fulfillment. When Phillips Brooks, the great New England clergyman, was being buried, someone said to his brother, if Dr. Brooks had just held himself back and not pushed himself so hard, he might have lived longer. His brother replied, yes, but if he had done that, he wouldn't have been Phillips Brooks. This does not mean that we ought to burn out prematurely, but it does mean that those who make great contributions in life are those who are willing to go far beyond the normal call of what ought to be done and see rather than what should be done if the godly causes in this world are to come to fruition. Thank you, Frederick Paul, for a nice message. We trust that this program was a blessing to you listeners. With this, we come to the close of our broadcast. If you want to learn more about God's Word, you are welcome to write to us. Our address is Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. That is Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune 411-001, Maharashtra, India. I am Sharad. And I am Maureen, signing off from Adventist World Radio. Until then, may you have good health, goodbye, and God bless you.